Welcome, everybody, to the Nuggets of Gold podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about just some pre-draft stuff for the 49ers. We're going to lead off with a, a very interesting topic as Julio Jones has surfaced on the trade market. And if you guys don't know, I'm a massive Julio Jones fan, so it'll be fun to talk about him and a potential really strange 49ers trade that would involve so many different maneuvers. But uh, we'll talk about Julio Jones to the 49ers potentially, which I, I doubt it happens, but it's always fun to talk about Julio Jones, so we got to do that. Um, then we'll talk about some some pre-draft stuff. Talk about if if Mac Jones, is he actually going to be the pick? Because I, I think we all are hoping it's a resounding no, but we're going to talk about that for a little bit. And then we'll, we'll cap it off with just our kind of feelings on on who we think is just really good fits in San Francisco and some guys that we just like potentially landing there. So let's start out with Julio Jones. If, if you guys haven't kind of looked into what's been going on with him, basically the Falcons are in a horrible cap situation and they are almost kind of in, in the back, like back backs against the wall, kind of maybe you're going to be forced to trade Julio because Right now, they're not even really going to be able to sign the rookies right after the draft because they don't have enough money. Um, and Julio Jones, if you guys haven't checked out his contract and just want to look through it, it's pretty brutal. Um, so we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. But just I want to get your guys' opinions real quick, and, and we'll get into like the difficulty of making this work. But Aiden, you start out. What do you think about Julio Jones potentially being on the 49ers? What do you think about him as a fit? I think it'd be a really fun move. We saw him have tons of success with Shanahan when, when they were last together. I don't love the contract, but it's it's tough because he's 32, but I want to say he, he's Julio Jones. You're happy with it, and you figure out the problems later. For me, I'm if I'm a Niners, uh, you have to pay me a little bit or something to take his contract. That contract is too poison for especially how old he is and how old he'll be when it expires. And I think with the way that the new contracts are kind of going and we've seen his contract is an anomaly in the NFL. Like we're not seeing contracts like this anymore. So I think that kind of should add value or take away from his value as a player and add value to trading him and like a team that's willing to take that contract. Yeah, and we were talking about it before, and and we did say this these guys in the same sentence. But we were talking about Jared Goff, um, similar to Julio Jones, not in not in performance by any means, but in terms of how the contract is almost like a negative thing, like it's kind of like an NBA type style trade where it's like, hey, we we're mm -hmm. not gonna be able to pay this guy, you know, for whatever what reason we don't think this is a good move, or we don't think it's a, a good move to keep his like salary on board with our situation. Um, and, and the Falcons are also in a very like interesting spot where they're kind of getting ready to move on from Matt Ryan, you know, eventually going to draft a rookie quarterback. Maybe they draft him this year. I don't know if that's going to happen, but where they're kind of getting ready to, to move on from the, the Matt Ryan and the Julio Jones combo that they've had for so many years there. But I I'll, I'll start out by saying I would be so happy if this was a move. I mean, we saw Julio Jones in Kyle Shanahan's offense, and that was one of the best offenses that we've ever seen in the NFL that year, that Falcons 2016 team. And Julio Jones was Julio Jones was the reason why it really clicked there. If you potentially have Julio Jones and Brandon Ayuk, and I'll say Justin Fields for this case, and Justin Fields is your quarterback, you're going to have guys running wide open all over the field. If you have Kittle there, the, the the amount of like ways that you can beat an offense or a defense vertically with those three guys out there is ridiculous. And to have Kyle Shanahan just be able to scheme up stuff with 
really two really talented run blocking tackles, the the best run blocking tight end in the game, and then also that tight end being able to spread the field vertically, and then Brandon Ayuk and Julio Jones with their length and just their speed and just ability to get open downfield. It is, it would be terrifying for the rest of the league, and so so we'll get into kind of why this probably won't work. It's mainly about the money. the The contract is brutal. If if there was any chance of it happening, Jimmy Garoppolo would 100% have to be moved that during the draft. So that's already like a, a prerequisite for this kind of happening. You have to see Jimmy traded. And then when you kind of start talking about what it would cost, that's where it's really confusing. I brought up Debo Samuel potentially getting moved for him. And Aiden, what do you think about Debo being involved? And and also, do you think it would, would cost more than Debo? Or, or what would you kind of gauge that the value would be? Like you said, it's so tough given his age, his injury history, and the the contract. There's not really like some some sort of precedent that, that you can look back at and see what a guy like that is worth. I would be fine giving up just just Debo. I think best case for the Niners, you would do that. I don't even think you necessarily need anything back. Obviously, you would love to get it. But, I mean, Julio hasn't played all that often recently. I think he only played nine games in 2020. We know Debo has some injury history. I almost think that that would be almost pretty equivalent given Debo fits the Falcons timeline better. But the biggest thing for me was if you were to trade for Julio, you have to hit on wide receiver three in this draft because you know Julio is probably going to miss two or three games. um, And you have to be prepared for that. And that means you need to have a guy who's ready to play right away. And given where the picks are, like it may need to be third round, which is a little bit early for what they would normally do. But I think it would be an awesome move. Um, I personally think that the Niners should get something in return uh, with Debo. If it was Debo, whether it's a, like a late day two, if it's a day two pick, if let's say it's a three, I think the Niners should trade like back like a five or if it's just like a five or a six or something like that, I think that should just be thrown on top. I think that, in my opinion, that contract is too poison. And Julio has made no intention or like has said no intentions of restructuring or giving any money back to anyone. So I'm fully expecting him to cap out on that deal. And he will be older. And I don't know if he'll want to play after that and go after another contract. So I kind of see him taking all his money and just playing. So I think it would be beneficial for the Falcons to get rid of him. And it would be beneficial for the Niners to get something back if they have to take that contract on. Yeah. So your guys value is a little bit different than mine, like either Debo straight up or Debo and something, sorry, Debo for Julio and like a fifth or sixth or whatever that, that day three pick is. I was thinking that what the offer would probably be is Debo and a 2022 third. And I would be fine to do that, but at the same time, like it, there, it, the contract's brutal. And part of the reason why I do think there's a chance, a, a slim chance that it happens, is when we're talking about the Julio contract, like this is probably his last contract, big deal, a lot, you know, gonna make a lot of money when he's a lot older. And he also has been injured a lot. So why would he wanna give up that money? Julio has kind of been known as being an in, incredibly competitive person. Uh, I remember him like in the younger days, he would, he battles through injuries more than a lot of other receivers do. And, and we were just kind of talking about, okay, would it look different if he's not in the Falcons um, in terms of injury? It could 49ers don't have the best injury history either though. So we don't know about that, 
but when you kind of bring up the contract, I do wonder if there's a chance that Julio Jones would have some sort of pay, you know, restructure or pay cut or whatever it is to pair back up with Kyle. Because if if I'm trying to, you know, be in, in Julio Jones' situation, let's say he has two to three years left of of being an NFL wide receiver and, and being a quality one too. I, I still think he is a very, very good wide receiver. If he's doing that, he really wants to win. And he's like, hey, I've made a ton of money. Now, if I'm playing in Atlanta and I'm losing a bunch of games, I, I'm not going to give up my money. Of course not. I, don't, I, don't, I agree with him on that. I don't know why you do that. But if you're going to be able to go play with Kyle and they're like, hey, we're going to come and get you right now. We're going to trade for you and, and they'll, you know, they'll contact him or whatever. Will you do this to change your contract like this? And they find something that will work that they'll still be able to pay Fred and, and Bosa and those guys because that's the other big factor in this. And it's also like the salary cap could go a lot, like up a lot. And we don't really know how that's going to look. So that's that's kind of like why there's such a like a difficult situation. And this isn't just with the Niners, too. This is with the, like all of the teams in the NFL. So the market might be kind of reduced. And if you're already having a market that's reduced for a player of Julio Jones's caliber, and then you add on top, maybe the only place that he'll consider doing some sort of pay restructure or pay cut is San Francisco. I think there's a chance that they would try to go out and get him, And maybe, you know, maybe they can't outbid other teams or maybe the, the Falcons are interested in swapping for Debo or maybe the Niners aren't even going to trade Debo away. Like maybe they keep him and they try to just have a stacked offense. But I definitely think that being in San Francisco, having Kyle Shanahan at least could help your case if nothing else. So I don't know. I find it really interesting. I definitely think there's there's a slim, a very slim chance it happens. I would love it, but it would be really hard to work out the money. Now, luckily, Paraga is, is the dude, and we've seen him kind of find some ways to make it work. But if there is a way that we could do some sort, or that 49ers could do some sort of Debo Samuel for Julio Jones swap, where the contract is able to be worked out, where we're, where the Niners are still able to take Fred Warner, take Nick Bosa, and extend them, I'm all for it. I mean, you, this is a big swing, but it's a big swing that I think is could pay dividends and, and could pay massive dividends early on. So, Ada, anything else you kind of want to add before we move on? I don't think so. I think, I mean, really it, it, it boils down to it's Julio Jones. Like, if he comes to the 49ers, he makes you a, a, a better team, even if it's in the short term. And I think you almost have to be like, there's going to be a couple warts later down the line. But if you want to make your life really easy for the rookie quarterback, get him Julio Jones, just throw it up. I feel like it's not really all that difficult. Um, I just think that we all have like pretty spot on analysis. And like, I could see all of our trades going through or not going through. I just think this trade is so unprecedented. And like with a player like Julio Jones in this contract, we just have never seen anything remotely like this. So it's hard for us to really gauge on what even the teams are thinking. And I think a lot of the teams are probably having that same trouble too, is like they're having trouble coming eye to eye on a deal because they just view it so differently. You know, it's, it, it'll be something that we'll have to keep our eye out. And hopefully, hopefully we see something like that go down. I think it'd be super cool, but that's going to do it for this Julio Jones topic, but let's move on. So, so my question for this segment is is the pick actually going to be Mac Jones? Because right now he's sitting at minus 300. I'm getting a little scared. I'm sweating a little bit about it. I do not want to see this at all. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be pretty pretty bothered if the pick is Mac Jones. Not to say he's not a good player, but he's not a player that you trade up three first-round picks 
to go acquire. That that's my take on him. And Aiden, we talked in during the season and we were talking about, hey, Mac Jones could potentially be a guy at 12 or and not even at 12, but you know, in the teens, depending on when the Niners were gonna end up drafting. And, and you liked him a lot. And I know that you do not like the idea of taking him at three at all. So I'll let you lead this off. I think you hit it right on the head. Please, God, no. Please don't give up three first-round picks to get to number three and pick a guy. You probably could have gotten a 12. The I don't think that it's going to happen, though. I think Kyle likes to mess with the media, and he said something really interesting in that first press conference. He was like, elite traits, elite traits, elite traits. Mac Jones does not have elite traits. I, that's why I think it's 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 going to be Fields or or Lance, but... I mean, there's always the possibility that that the guy who fell in love with Kirk Cousins is going to go get Mac Jones. But even if Mac Jones is the the pick, Matt and I agree on this. Um, I think Mac would work out in the short term. I think he would probably be the leading candidate to be offensive rookie of, of the year, given that I feel like he can stay healthy and you don't have Mick, Nick Mullins throwing passes back there. But really summed up in three words, please God, no. I love it. No, I think you're right that he he would perform well, I think, early on. But it's just, I mean, it's what we've talked a lot about it throughout this the, these episodes, um, talking about all the quarterbacks. It, it makes way more sense. You have the chance to be so much better with a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance that it just, it's one of those things where I would be so frustrated because it's not like I'm questioning Kyle Shanahan as a coach, but it's, is your system really only going to work with guys that aren't able to be a dual threat player, aren't able to do this. And I don't think that's the case. But if you take Mac Jones at three over Justin Fields and Trey Lance, that's what that's saying. That's You're saying my offense is this. We, you know, we have the the other athletes out there, but like we want a, 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 like, I don't know what to call it, like a, a pocket, not a pocket quarterback, but like a system quarterback. We like want this guy that's going to go in there and just, we're going to tell him what to do. He's going to throw the ball. He's going to get the ball into the hands of the weapons. Opposed to, kind of coming at it where our quarterback is also a weapon. You know, we've seen, we've seen, and we, the problem is we've seen so many guys like that just dominate the league. We saw Josh Allen look tremendous this year. Aaron Rodgers has done it for so long, even though he's not talked about like a, a weapon of a quarterback, even though he absolutely is the way that he extends plays, but Matt Jones isn't gonna be out there extending plays. There's, there's no question about that. I'm sorry, but you know, maybe has some, he has great footwork or whatever, but that can only take you so far in terms of just your physical traits and his physical traits are not on par with Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Um, so Ricky, do you think there's a chance that, that Mac Jones is the pick? I mean, I think there is a chance. I think Aiden brought up a great point with Kirk Cousins. And I think another one is Matt Ryan, who Shanahan's work with, who we kind of see similar stuff from. And if he wants to just be familiar, go with what's comfortable, go with what he knows. I think Mac Jones might be the pick then, but in terms of being the most NFL ready, I mean, I think if you bring in Mac Jones, you're going to have the same thing that you would with Trey Lance with like, it's going to take a little bit of time. Mac Jones faced no rush at Alabama. Like, yeah, he played SEC competition. Alabama's O-line was stacked for him and he just didn't face that many attempts under rush. And I think that is going to affect him when he comes to the league. So I think, the NFL rush is going to come a lot faster and it's going to take some time for him to get used to. So I think he's going to, I don't think he's quite as ready to plug and play as a Justin Fields is. 
I just don't understand necessarily picking him over Fields or Trey Lance personally. Yeah, and also I'll say this, and, and some 49er fans might really disagree with me. That's totally fine. But I think if you had a legit quarterback competition next year and you have Mac Jones and Jimmy Garoppolo, which will not be the case if because if they take Mac Jones, Jimmy's gone. Like that's I think that's pretty clear. But if you had those two guys in the building going into next year, I do not think there's a chance that Mac Jones is able to beat out Jimmy Garoppolo. And I know everyone right now thinks, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo's terrible. He's such an awful quarterback. Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely a limited quarterback, but let's not act like he's not going to be able, like he doesn't understand the system and wasn't really good in 2019 in terms of the production that he brought to the field. And we saw the difference of having him and not having him with only talking offense, not talking about the Bosa's injuries or anything like that. But if you're just talking how the offense looked from 2019 to 2020, it was very different because either Jimmy wasn't healthy or you had Nick Mullins or CJ Beathard back there. And that was just absolutely not cutting it. So I, I don't think that, that Jimmy Garoppolo would, would lose a, like lose a quarterback battle against Mac Jones. And I, I, I understood the put pick at 12 too. Like before when we were talking about this a long time ago, if you take Mac Jones at 12, I was like, don't love it, but I totally understand it because you take a quarterback, you have the rookie contract, you can stack the roster you can win there, but you don't move up to then take the guy that should be fifth on your draft board at third overall. That doesn't make any sense. Like that's not, that's not how franchises win. And, and we've seen a lot of guys get overdrafted at quarterback. It's okay to get overdrafted, but when you get overdrafted, the quarterbacks that are better in your class, that's different. When you're taking guys, when you're taking the fifth rated quarterback, which he is on my board, I don't know how you guys have it shaped out, but He's a fifth-rated guy on my board. If you take him over the third and the fourth, or in my opinion, the second and the third, that is just not a good idea. That is not a recipe for success by any means. So that's where I kind of have a big issue with it. But you can start this out, Aiden. Who, who do you think is going to be the pick, and, and how would you kind of rate the chances of all the guys landing? I think it's going to be Fields, but I actually have a question for Ricky. Where is Baker on – your like Baker coming out, he's a Browns fan. Where is Baker coming out on this list of five? Because I know where I when he's coming. Wait, when he's coming out of college? When or? he's when he's coming out of college? Because he went number one overall. Obviously, he's 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 gonna I, be behind. I mean, like I'm like a Baker Q-Rock. Mayfield fan, but I would have him at number two, personally. You would have him above Fields. Yeah, coming out of college, just coming out of college, and not knowing anything that I know about the pros. Baker Mayfield posted as a junior the highest quarterback rating that we've seen uh, since before. I think Trevor Lawrence broke it or someone broke it this year. Uh, but Baker had that as a junior and was a third round prospect. Uh, he would he had a thousand yard rusher threw for three thousand yards while having two thousand yard running backs in his uh, in his backfield. And then the next year came back with a full new cast and put up five thousand yards in the air. Uh, I think his touchdown turnover ratio was good enough. Uh, or was NFL elite NFL level. And then I also put a lot of faith in Lincoln Riley's system. I think it prepares quarterbacks, especially to make that transition in the NFL. I think it relies on a lot of pre-snap reads and um, like right after the snap immediate reads. So that's where I would have taken him personally, just with all these guys. I think it would be close. And knowing what I know with how he progressed in the NFL and everything, I would take, I'd probably take Lawrence, Wilson and Fields over him right now. Okay. 
yeah i that i was i was just curious because like i've i've, I've never talked to a browns fan see and like accurately rate baker almost kind of coming out mm-hmm. and it's obviously different than than now because jimmy pre pre acl is a completely different quarterback than right now obviously college the to the pros is is, is different but i guess roundabout answer matt i would say probably different than it was two or three days ago 50 percent fields 30 percent lance 20 percent mac jones i think that i think that's fair um ricky what what are your odds uh i think it's 40 percent justin fields 40 percent trey lance 20 percent mac jones um i just don't i think i do believe that the mac jones is a sc- smoke screen type of thing and i can't see the fit but i think those athletes and when he has that comment when they first make the trade is like we're going after an elite athlete i don't think mac jones aligns with that and i think trey lance or justin fields could go to that and that's it that's the thing that's kind of hard to tell with just with the 49ers and kyle shanahan is what do you believe what do you not believe the way that i've kind of decided how i view like either statements or you know reports or whatever it is is i don't believe many of the media reports that come out there i really don't i i mean looking back at, at what the four Niners have done, everything is a surprise. Didn't know about Buckner. Didn't know about the trade up to three. And where you have like some of these reporters where, you know, Adam Schefter says, hey, you know, I think it's going to be Mac Jones. He's saying he thinks, and then five minutes before the draft, whoever the pick is, he's going to say who the pick is and then get all the credit for getting the pick. Right. So he has nothing to lose. Like there's no, he's just making new like stories every day. It's not like he's like, Oh, Schefter can't get this wrong. Like he's Adam Schefter. No, he, like he's just saying what he thinks and it, it shouldn't like, and I think he even like backtracked on it too. So there's been so many times where we just don't know. We like, we shouldn't take what the media is saying as what is a possibility. The biggest reason why I think it's going to be Justin Fields. And I would say there's, I, I'll give it a 75% chance in my opinion, that it's Justin Fields. So much higher than your guys is. But the reason I think it's Justin Fields is because of the comments that he, when he talks about Josh Allen, he talks about a guy that, you know, has progressed and, and he really liked Josh Allen as an athlete. And like, you look at all he's done and how much he's got better throwing the deep ball, which could also make you think about Trey Lance. But for me, it makes me think about just uh, Justin Fields in that sense where big dude, def- like if I, if I'm looking at this class, I think the guy that will look the closest to Josh Allen is just Justin Fields. And so that's why I'm probably, I, I just expect them to take him. I also, I've said this many times. I would also love it. Like a Trey Lance draft pick. I think that's super cool. I'll give that a 25% chance. I will give Mac Jones a 0% chance to be drafted. That's how shocked that would be. And uh, I know it's like, oh, it's 0% and you shouldn't have 0% because there's all the stories. I 100% think it's a smokescreen. And one of the biggest reasons why is Chris Sims comes out today. Do you guys know what his mock draft had, had Mac Jones and Justin Fields going? Probably like three and 25. Three and 32. So you're telling me that that Kyle Shanahan's best friend who has been notorious for putting out fake stories about quarterbacks and wide receivers and whoever it is just to make to make Kyle have a chance, you know, like trying to like stir up the media and like get other teams to think that Kyle's not interested in guys isn't like completely doing this three and 32. I, I don't know that to me, that is like a huge sign, like every story being, oh, it's Mac Jones, it's Mac Jones, Mac Jones. That just makes me think that there is like no chance it's Mac Jones because since Kyle and John have taken over, it, w- it was one of the first things they said when they were hired, we don't want stuff to leak because the Niners used to leak stuff 
all the time about five years ago. Like, you know, every pick that was happening. It was like the Giants a few years ago where someone where the Bears jumped in front of them and took Leonard Floyd. I don't know if you guys know that because like someone took a picture of their draft board for like the guys that they were targeting. So everyone knew that they were taking that they wanted Leonard Floyd. So then someone traded one pick in front of them and took him. They didn't want that kind of stuff to ever happen. They also just don't want teams to kind of guess what they're trying to build. So it makes perfect sense. Oh, and also, I think, I mean, in my opinion, I think Justin Fields should definitely go before Zach Wilson. I think you guys believe that as well. And I think there's a lot of, I think that early on in the draft process, there was many people that were way higher on Zach Wilson. And now that it's kind of like unfolded and we've kind of seen everything, a lot of people are kind of saying, hey, I think Justin Fields is the quarterback too. And if you go back four years ago before this season, Justin Fields has been the number two since they were in high school, since they were junior or seniors in high school. So I think it's, it's, it should be Justin Fields. I think it makes the most sense. I think that it's going to allow the 49ers to just have a different offense and really have a, a just more like a better overall offense. You know, you're going to be able to stretch the field so much more. You're also going to have a quarterback that you can run the ball with and that outside zone scheme with, with the tackles they have with George Kittle, with Kyle Juszczyk, it's, it could be really special. And I just, I, I love the idea of putting Justin Fields in that. And I, that's why I think it's, there's a 75% chance. Cause I think that is the most likely spot that we see him go. And I, I just, to me, I would be, I would be really shocked if it wasn't Justin Fields. And, and then if it wasn't Trey Lance, not being Justin Fields, I would be completely floored. I, I, I don't think there's a chance that that's the case. And I, I guess I just think that I, I feel like I, I'm trying to put myself in Kyle's shoes and I would just, I don't think that Kyle's going to do that. And I would, I would be so floored if that happens, but you I don't know you in a room with, with Kyle Shanahan right now, just to, <laughs> just to double down, make sure. Cause you just convinced me. I want Justin Fields. I already wanted Justin Fields, but now I think he's going to be the pick. Ricky, you think my zero is too low? I think your zero is too low just for the Niners and for how this whole draft process goes around. I mean, Mitch Trubisky rose up the thing after while not playing a game in the very similar way that Mac Jones has. And then he got taken super early. He got traded up for. I never thought that was going to happen. And so I don't want to say that something like that's impossible because I think there's a minuscule chance that the Niners might mess up or do something like that. But I don't know. Uh I think zero is a little low, but I do am very or I am very confident that it's not going to be Mac Jones. Yeah. All right. So I think that'll do it for this segment. Just kind of talking about Mac Jones. Um, This is your first time checking us out. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Going to be bringing a ton of draft content during throughout the whole draft weekend. So make sure to do that. Um, But if you're listening on podcast, we're going to be shifting over to our final segment for today, and and basically just going to be talking about who who do we think are the best fits for the 49ers and. I'll, I'll start with a, a guy that I really like, and I think all of the 49ers fans have just got really excited with, and, th- and that guy's Elijah Molden. He is a nickel corner slash safety, just kind of a very versatile player that is coming out of Washington. I, I really like him going to San Francisco, being a depth piece his rookie year, and then them using him like a Jimmy Ward kind of is used, where you can put him into any other spot. Like You just find what fits best for him. And then you move you move him there, and we've seen that with Jimmy Ward, and now Jimmy Ward's playing safety, and and, and every once in a while he'll get you know moved into nickel, and but he's he's so versatile that it helps the defense a lot, 
because they don't have guys playing in specific spots. They're able to do weird things with their defensive backs because, I mean, we saw last year, that was something that the Niners kind of started doing a lot more last season where we saw Richard Sherman at safety. We saw Jimmy Ward at nickel. We saw Jimmy Ward at, at box safety a couple times. So we, we've seen them just like to bounce around guys, and you get a versatile player like Elijah Molden in the second round, which I do think is a very big need. Is It's just secondary pieces because there's two guys – that are here in the secondary that are here after this this year. And it's Emmanuel Mosley and Jimmy Ward. And that's it. So you're gonna need a corner, you're gonna need safeties, you're gonna need a lot of pieces. I just think Elijah Molden is gonna be there at 43, and I think that he would be a fantastic pick. But Aiden, who do you who do you have as just being a really good fit in San Francisco? Uh I'm gonna focus on on corners um and specifically corners that that could fall that I expect to go before the Niners second round pick at at 43 but if any one of these four guys were to fall I think you jump all all over it because I think that they're going to work out in really in a higher capacity in the league for a long time the first I think is Farley I think Matt really mentioned it before we got on awesome cover guy, but he has some back issues, which means I think there was a story published today uh, or yesterday that he's off some team's boards because of the back issues and he's could fall out of the first round. So if he's able to fall to 43, I think the Niners who have picked some people with questionable injury history in the past would hop all over that. Uh, second guy, Greg Newsom out of Northwestern, really good corner. Eric Stokes, out of Georgia. I think he's just really makes plays. And the last guy is Asante Samuel Jr., who kind of in that molden mold could play slot, could play outside sometimes. Um, but a guy who, I mean, is such a good athlete that he could return kicks, which he did some in college. But yeah, those are the four guys who I don't expect to be on the board at 43. But if they were, I think they should be a slam dunk pick. I do think Eric Stokes has a really good chance of being there, actually. And I would and I would like that pick a lot as well. I mean, four years started at Georgia. He's been pretty overlooked. Um, just a playmaker. And, and he would be a fantastic guy to kind of I mean, he's he started four seasons in the SEC and he wouldn't have to necessarily come in and start right away. Um, I know a lot of people expect him to be a safety. Fine too. I mean, we can you, you can like I said, you can move the guys like Jimmy Ward around. Eric Stokes is a guy like that's like that as well. Um, I saw him kind of a lot of outside corner, but I think he, he can kick inside as well. Um, so another guy that's really versatile. These versatile secondary pieces are something that I think is really attractive for the 49ers, and especially at pick 43. But, Ricky, any specific guys that you really like being being drafted by San Francisco? Um, well, I like uh, Asante Samuel Jr. I think that would be a great fit. I think Stokes will too. I do believe that Stokes will fall to 43. I think – Another player that I think, um, and personally, I like a little bit bigger of a nickel safety. So I'd rather see Javon Holland go over Elijah Molden personally. I think just that size is a little bit better. And I think the tape from this past year isn't really comprehensive of who he is as a player. I think when you see him get a full offseason and full breakdown like he did uh, in the 2019 season, that's more reflective of the player he can be. Um, so I personally love Javon Holland and I think he's falling to that pick, if not later. And I think it's a steal right there. No, I, I, I the one thing about Holland is I don't know if he'll be there at 43 because he's kind of got, 
and and when we talked a lot about we don't know what to trust in the in the draft reports, mm-hmm. but he's kind of got a lot of hype of being picked in the late first round, so maybe he goes there. But there's a lot of names kind of in like where they're in kind of a similar tier that could get picked in the later half of the first round, early half of the second. So you're going to see some of those names fall. Like there's a chance that that Caleb Farley falls or Javon Holland falls. Like there's definitely a, tr- a chance. Um, I, I do like those ideas though. I mean, I think that we're all kind of feeling like the same similar guys in the secondary that the Niners will probably target. Um, another, another position I think that they're definitely going to attack. And I think it'll be a little bit earlier than we expect. So maybe, maybe they move up in the third or, or I guess that wouldn't be moving up because they can't trade their comp pick, but maybe they take a guy with their comp pick in the back end of the third and a receiver that falls or say that the guy in the secondary that they were planning on, on taking isn't there. And they don't really like some of these other guys that we've mentioned. Um, they could maybe take Darius Tony in the, um, in the second round. I, I really like that fit there. Uh, he could, he would be a sweet addition to their wide receiver core. If you have Debo Samuel, Tony, and then Iuke, that, that would be really, really good. Um, another guy that, that Ricky, you put me on this dude, Dwayne Eskridge. I love his, I love him being a potential fit in San Francisco. Um, if you guys haven't checked out Dwayne Eskridge and also this is a guy that could definitely be in that comp comp range. Um, into the third kind of guy because there's a lot of good receivers and a couple of them are going to fall. And he's probably at that, the back end of that list of guys that, that know a lot about him, I guess. Um, I mean, people haven't really talked about him a ton runs, runs a lot of inside routes and then he's, he's a burner as well. So uh really good player went to, is it Western Michigan where Corey Davis mm-hmm. went? Yeah. So a school that some people are going to go, Oh, you know, Corey Davis went there. He's a bust or whatever. I mean, Corey Davis is a solid player. Um, but very different player as well. When when I watched Dwayne Eskridge, and this might be a really weird player comp, also player comps for receivers are terrible, so that's probably part of it as well. But when I'm watching him, basically I'm looking at a short A.J. Brown. That's what I'm seeing right there. Just a lot of physicality, really strong legs, and just a really physical player. Also, he makes a catch. He is a, a yak guy. He's a guy that doesn't want to get tackled, and he's going to do everything he can to keep moving. So, if he's there at the end of the third and they take him, I think that would be an awesome pick. I don't know. What, what do you think about that, Ricky? You think that's a good spot for Eskridge? Uh, yeah, I love Eskridge, and especially if you can get him there. Uh, he's been all up and down draft boards. You saw him start rising at the Senior Bowl when he was tearing a bunch of people up, and then now that pro days have come around, he's kind of fallen off to the Big Five or the Power Five conferences, but I think he's a great fit. He actually reminds me of a running back. Uh, when he has the ball in his hands and even just looking at him and then you see him run routes and you're like, are we sure this guy's a receiver or are this, are we sure this guy's not a running back or sorry, I messed it up, but are we sure this guy's a running back? And then you're like, nah, he's a receiver. Like he can really run routes, but then he can also put his shoulder down and he's a little short and bulky. I mean, he looks, he looks all of his 200 pounds. So, Aiden, I got a question for you. Who do you who do you think is a good fit at running back potentially? Are there any guys that you really like that that would fit in the Kyle Shanahan system really well? I haven't gone super deep in into the running backs. Um, I know we touched on him earlier. Michael Carter, at, who went to UNC, uh, could play that Jerick McKinnon role that Kyle wanted him to play before the injuries. I think that would be a good fit a guy who may be in that comp pick third round range. I think he goes a little bit before that though. Some guys later, uh, I have a lot of family out West and they 
and a lot of my family went to Oregon State. Uh, they really like Jermar Jefferson. So I've heard really good things about him, but I haven't gone super duper deep into that. And I know that he ripped Oregon apart um, when they played later or earlier this year. But I mean, he's a guy that I've seen mocked there. They're late. I think Oregon State does some of that zone running scheme. I guess somebody to keep in mind, but I don't really have anything concrete. And then Ricky, is there anyone that you kind of like potentially at running back for the Niners? There's a few people. Um, I think Kylan Hill from, uh, where is it? Mississippi State, I think he's from. Yeah, Mississippi State. Uh, I think he's a nice physical running back who can translate into that zone kind of thing. Uh, I think he has great ball carrier vision. I like Jarrett Patterson from Buffalo, too. I think he's another one of those guys with the vision. And I think any running back that the Niners get, you have to make sure he has that vision to understand the zone concepts and the zone running concepts because you can't just have a guy who's going to hit the hole fast. That's not going to work. So I think you need a guy who has a vision, and I think both those guys have great vision. Trey Sermon, if he somehow slips, I wouldn't mind seeing him there either. Gotcha, yeah, I know. Um, and and the problem with, with kind of guessing who Kyle wants at running back is they'll probably just take some guy either undrafted or in the sixth, seventh round, and we'll be, oh, never heard of this guy, you know, came out of whatever community college, and then I'll just ball out. That you, these guys come out of nowhere, so that's where it gets kind of difficult. A um, couple other guys that I've, I've kind of been intrigued by throughout the draft process. Um, one guy that we had in a mock draft a while back, Jameen Sherwood, Alabama – Box safety, but then on third down, he comes and he plays the money backer spot, which basically what I see in him is potentially them drafting him as a safety, but then moving him to Sam linebacker and being that and fighting for that base down linebacker spot. And he could be picked in fourth, fifth, sixth kind of round range. So we could potentially see him there. The The 49ers haven't met with a ton of linebackers, but I definitely expect them to take at least a guy, at least one guy a linebacker because they don't have they don't have that much depth behind Dre Greenlaw and, and and Fred Warner. So either a guy that's a safety that's going to get moved to linebacker because we saw that with Dre Greenlaw and we've kind of seen them. They just drafted or they just signed. I, I can't think of his name. They just signed a it was a Nick Nick Gary I think it is from mm-hmm. from the Eagles. Mm-hmm. They signed him and he's going to be competing at the Sam linebacker spot. So they like these guys converting from safety to linebacker. But they did meet with a guy. They met with Anthony Butler at linebacker. Um, they also met with ooh, an Oklahoma state linebacker and Aziz al Lari, but he's not, he's more of a speed edge guy. He's not really like a true linebacker. Maybe you could see him in the Sam spot, but I don't expect them to go after Aziz at 43 or early on considering that he's kind of limited in his positions. Yeah. So that, I think that's going to probably do it for today's episode. Just wanted to get some, some pre-draft stuff out there. A very exciting time for all NFL f- fans and especially 49er fans that, pretty stressful time i guess if you if you listen to our mac jones segment but that's gonna do it for today i want to thank ricky and aiden for coming on and helping out a lot with this this draft season it's been pretty fun to put all this content out but uh during draft day uh make sure to subscribe so you guys can get a bunch of content but i'm gonna be talking about all their picks uh throughout the weekend and hopefully we'll have a ton of videos out because they're they're gonna have a lot of picks and on day three i'm gonna be doing a lot of videos so so make sure to subscribe and do all that stuff but um everyone have a great rest of your day